Well, hello and welcome to the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark. Thank you for joining us again. Welcome if it's your first time. We celebrate the highways and byways of jazz recorded history. And today we're going to be listening to uh, the fruits of a couple of days recording in New Orleans in 1943. These were, are usually called the Climax Sessions. They were released under the label of Climax, which was a subsidiary of Blue Note Records. And the reason for that name switch was that this was not a union session. Uh, the musicians were either not union players in New Orleans or they were ignoring their union obligations and Blue Note didn't want it associated with their regular label, so they introduced the, uh, the new term Climax. And uh, otherwise it looked pretty much the same on the record labels. The band we're talking about was led by the clarinet player George Lewis, who had been born in New Orleans in 1900. He had stayed in the city his entire life. He never left uh, outside of very short tours in the 1920s and early 30s. The Depression largely ended his playing career, temporarily anyway, but he was back uh, by the early 1940s playing club dates in African-American dance halls and so forth. Uh, He was picked not by uh, Bunk Johnson, but by the people who brought Bunk Johnson back to New Orleans to begin recording after his career had been uh, interrupted by ill health and bad teeth and so forth. Uh, Johnson referred to George Lewis and the musicians who made their first recordings with him as emergency musicians. He didn't think very highly of their abilities. But the joke was on Bunk Johnson, whose uh, career ended only a few years after that. He never really attained the promise that uh, people associated with his earlier reputation, uh, George Lewis continued for another 25 years and was one of the most successful band leaders in New Orleans jazz history. He uh, really was the heart and soul of the jazz revival in New Orleans. So this session was done at the behest of Bill Russell, who was a great uh, jazz exponent and who was a violin player himself. He was a white uh, devotee and, and, and author who came down to New Orleans uh, actually to record Bunk Johnson in 1943, but Bunk kind of double-crossed him and went out to San Francisco to play with uh, groups out there. So rather than uh, waste the trip, Russell decided to record the Bunk Johnson Band without Bunk, and he asked George Lewis who uh, he could have for trumpet players, and uh, they went through several, and uh, Russell and Lewis indeed were not too satisfied with a couple of them, and then there were a couple who were union musicians who wouldn't participate, and they ended up with this fellow named Avery Kid Howard, who had been a very active band leader from the late 1920s up until uh, this point anyway, although he had problems with alcohol and some health problems. He had... uh, not been playing as regularly since the beginning of the 1940s. He was a Louis Armstrong disciple, which uh, didn't go completely uh, flawlessly with this uh, type of uh, approach to New Orleans jazz, but his playing was very exciting and lifted the Lewis band out of uh, some of its routines, I think you'd have to say. When George Lewis uh, began touring a couple of years later, he still was with Bunk Johnson until Bunk threw in the towel in about 1946, Uh, Lewis did not hire Avery Howard, interestingly enough, as his first trumpet player. He hired Elmer Talbert, and uh, we have a podcast of that group out there as well. When Elmer Talbert died and his replacement, Percy Humphrey, decided he didn't want a tour, Lewis returned to Kid Howard, and Howard stayed with the Lewis Band from the early 1950s up until... Uh, the middle 1960s, off and on, different times he uh, he left and came back, but he was probably the horn player most associated with George Lewis at that time. So we're going to start uh, with uh, some of the recordings that were made on this day, which was May 16th of 1943. We're going to hear a couple of tunes, or one anyway, from the previous day, May 15th, or uh, May 15th, which was a rehearsal session that did not include the trumpet. But we're going to start with four tunes from the actual date, which was fraught with all kinds of hardships. Uh, The recording equipment didn't work. Uh, The hall that they were in was very hot. Uh, Lots of different uh, issues with this particular particular session. Um, One other was that it was running afoul of the union. The union was actually having a meeting, apparently, in the same hall, which was poor planning on the part of Bill Russell, I suppose, but somehow it all worked out. So we're going to hear four tunes, Don't Go Away Nobody, which apparently dated back to the days of Buddy Bolden, Uh, a pop tune that wasn't terribly well known called Whenever You're Lonesome Telephone, Uh, an impromptu blues that they call the Dauphine Street Blues, and then a spiritual, Just a Little While to Stay Here. This was one of the first bands to record uh, gospel and spiritual tunes in dance band 
dress and in, in, in the style of jazz bands. So in addition to Kid Howard on trumpet and George Lewis on clarinet, we have Big Jim Robinson on trombone. Robinson had a career that went back to the middle 1920s. He had played in Sam Morgan's band and was on those classic recordings from 1927 of uh, uh, the big band or the semi-big band that uh, Morgan had in New Orleans. In the rhythm section, there is no piano player. Uh, Walter Deku had played with the uh, Monk Johnson Band, but he was a union musician, and he took one look at the situation, apparently, and turned around and walked away. We're going to hear Lawrence Marrero on banjo, Chester Zardis on bass. He had been in the military, and he was out either on leave or he had finished his tour of duty, and he came back to do some playing. And then Edgar Mosley on drums, so a six-piece band in this case. So this is the first, uh, our first set of the Climax Sessions of 1943 by George Lewis and his band. Don't go away, nobody. Whenever you're lonesome, telephone the Dauphine Street Blues and just a little while to stay here. Thank you. 
what you call a joyous sound and uh, that was the George Lewis band came to be known as George Lewis and his ragtime band for a while and then his jazz band and we heard four tunes from the session of May 16th 1943 done in New Orleans privately recorded by Bill Russell on a, on a uh, sort of a private personal recording device that he had bought for the occasion and then later released by Blue Note but under the Climax label and we heard Avery Kid Howard on trumpet uh, Big Jim Robinson on trombone, George Lewis on clarinet, uh, Lawrence Marrero on banjo, Chester Zardes on bass, and Edgar Mosley on drums. We heard Don't Go Away Nobody, which, as we were told, was a tune that may have gone back to the Buddy Bolden days that they played kind of after hours after all the polite people went home. Then the pop tune, Whenever You're Lonesome, Telephone. Actually, Telephone Me is the full title. Then the Dauphine Street Blues, and Just a Little While to Stay Here. So this uh, recording was done with a single microphone, so obviously the fidelity is not superb, but uh, you do get a sense of what that band must have sounded like live. And these Climax sessions have been credited with really uh, jump-starting the New Orleans Jazz Revival. They're considered classic recordings of the idiom, and all of these players uh, were, to one degree or another, trendsetters in that style. And they were all in reasonably good shape at this point as well. As years went on, time took its toll, and some of their playing... Uh, tended to deteriorate a bit, but here they certainly had a lot going for them. Lewis and Marrero were both born in 1900, and uh, I guess we're friends from way back. Uh, Jim Robinson and Edgar Mosley were both uh, born in the 1890s. In fact, Robinson may have gone back to 1889. It's unclear there, so both of them are representative of earlier tradition. Chester Zardes was also born about 1900. The youngster was, in fact, uh, Avery Howard, who wasn't born until 1908. So they all came from a very early tradition of New Orleans jazz. They'd all been reared in music uh, before the recording era. So to some degree, they uh, probably reflect those earlier sounds, although each of them had later influences. George Lewis was listening, had listened to Benny Goodman and Artie Shaw. Uh, Avery Howard was a, a dyed-in-the-wool Louis Armstrong disciple, and Jim Robinson later on spoke very highly of uh, Tommy Dorsey and uh, Jack Teagarden. So these were players who uh, had open ears, certainly, so had a lot of different influences. We're going to go on now and play another slow blues for you. We're going to actually start and end this uh, this uh, series of recordings with slow blues. We're going to hear the deep bayou blues. And uh, these blues tend to start introducing some other elements of traditional blues and, and earlier blues recordings, like we heard a bit of the Chimes blues and the Dauphine Street blues. Um, the Deep Bio Blues will feature all the horns, of course. Then we'll have an honest-to-goodness jazz standard, originally called War Cloud. Here it's called, by its more familiar name, Fidgety Feet, done by the original Dixieland Jazz Band. And this was a tune that probably was floating around New Orleans well before the original Dixieland Jazz Band got a hold of it. Then we'll hear another uh, spiritual, a somewhat bright version of Just a Closer Walk With Thee. The band tried to record this several times, and uh, this was the last version, um, the one they presumably were the most satisfied with. 
Then we're going to finish up with a slow blues uh, that was recorded at the uh, rehearsal session the day before on May 15th. This is called the Two Jim Blues because it features Jim Robinson and his nephew, uh, who was nicknamed Jim Little. His real name was Sidney Brown, and he had played bass on the Sam Morgan session I referenced earlier in the 1920s. But here he plays tuba, so we have some very nice tuba playing here as well. I don't think Chester Zardis made it for the whole rehearsal, and Kit Howard was not there at all because he had a prior engagement, but the rest of the band put together ideas for their repertoire, and they wanted to have a tuba solo at least recorded on the rehearsal. So those are our tunes for this set coming up. The Deep Bayou Blues, the Fidgety Feet, also known as War Cloud, Just a Closer Walk with Thee, and the Two Jim Blues.
That was some rich blues playing by the George Lewis group done for the, uh, well, released on the Climax label in 1943. They didn't know if these were ever going to get released or not. Bill Russell just wanted to preserve these sounds. And when he heard what he had in terms of these recordings, he presented them, I guess, to Alfred Lyon and Francis Wolfe at Blue Note, and they agreed to release them, but under the Climax label. So we started out with the Deep Bayou Blues, a good uh, slow blues performance featuring Kid Howard doing some fine uh, Louis Armstrong type uh, solos on trumpet. Uh, he also pulled out a, a plunger mute uh, for his solo, and apparently he had showed up to the session with no mutes, and there was a visitor who was a sailor who was on leave who was corralled to come in, and he had turned out to be a trumpet player, and he had a plunger mute with him for some reason, so Howard used that on that solo. Then we heard the up-tempo but not racehorse-fast version of Fidgety Feet. These New Orleans bands never played anything really fast, at least at this stage. When they started doing more concerts and things like that, the tempos crept up to be more showpieces. But at this stage of the game, they considered themselves still to be dance bands, and they kept everything at a very danceable tempo. Then, speaking of that, a very danceable tempo on a spiritual, just a closer walk with thee, traditionally played at New Orleans funerals very slowly. This one was taken at a medium-up tempo. And as I said, this was the third or fourth try at this tune, at different stages during this recording session. They just weren't happy with the way it turned out, but this one, I guess, was the last and best. And then we finished with another slow blues, taken from the rehearsal that occurred the day before on uh, May 15th of 1943, the Two Jim Blues, featuring uh, Jim Little, uh, Sidney Brown on tuba, and Big Jim Robinson on trombone. And that tune... Uh, and the arrangement had a little to do with Chimes Blues, but also with the uh, old hymn, The Holy City, that Duke Ellington used for Black and Tan Fantasy as well. We're going to play one more set, which will basically give us uh, one take of just about everything they did that day. It was a very productive recording session, as it turned out. We're going to hear the James Scott tune, The Climax Rag. This had been recorded by... Um, the Jones-Collins Astoria Hot 8 in the 1920s as uh, another uh, under another title, a uh, uh, duet stomp, I think it was, or something like that. And then Jelly Roll Morton recorded it with his band for Victor in 1939. But here's a very classic version of a New Orleans band playing that with Kid Howard very much to the fore. Then a slow version of I Ain't Gonna Give Nobody None of My Jelly Roll, which uh, was claimed by a lot of different songwriters from New Orleans, but uh, Clarence Williams ultimately got his name on the, on the, on the music. Then a, uh, a, a very deeply felt version of Careless Love, kind of a, a pre-blues, I think you'd have to say. Probably goes back to the 19th century. Uh, on this, Kid Howard is apparently channeling the ghost of Chris Kelly, the legendary cornet player from New Orleans who'd never recorded, but his solo uh, towards the end of this piece, we're told, was very much in the sound and style and tradition of Chris Kelly. Then we're going to finish up with a jazz tune credited to Jelly Roll Morton, but probably floating around for some time in New Orleans, called the Mylenberg Joys, dedicated to the um, the area of Milneberg in New Orleans, which was kind of a, uh, a resort area of the city. So those are our four tunes coming up. The Climax Rag, Ain't Gonna Give Nobody None of My Jelly Roll, Careless Love, and The Mylenberg Joys.
So that was the George Lewis Band recording in New Orleans on uh, May 16th of 1943, the so-called Climax Sessions. We started out, that said anyway, with James Scott, the Climax Rag. And as I said, that had been recorded in a version by the Jones Collins Astoria Hot 8 in the 1920s. It was actually called Astoria Strut. And uh, based on that tune, and then Jelly Roll Morton recorded it, and it was obviously still played extensively in New Orleans by 1943, and Lewis recorded it a couple more times later. Then we heard the I Ain't Gonna Give Nobody None of This Jelly Roll, which was a standard tune in New Orleans, so I guess was ultimately claimed by Clarence Williams, although there were other contenders to that, and here it was taken quite slowly, actually, uh, unusually for that tune. And also slow was Careless Love, that 19th century ballad that was kind of absorbed into the blues tradition, and there it was uh, Kid Howard doing his Chris Kelly imitation, or so we're told at any rate. Then we finished up with a very arousing version of Meilenberg Joys that showed off uh, the spirit and technique of Avery Kid Howard, who did some Louis Armstrong breaks in there. Not as flashy, but certainly uh, a little more energetic than the usual uh, New Orleans trumpet player in this style would be. Uh, And for that reason, he was considered to be maybe not the finest uh, lead player in this type of group, although George Lewis went back to him, as I said, several times in the 1950s and 60s. So hope you enjoyed this program. My name is John Clark. This is the Jazz Focus, and uh, we are expanding the boundaries of uh, classic jazz and the awareness of classic jazz, I guess we'd have to say. This has been our George Lewis Climax Sessions. We have a radio show that will be showing up here uh, soon, if it hasn't already, on the George Lewis Band from the next period, a few years later, that featured Elmer Cuckoo Talbert on trumpet. So hope you're interested in continuing to drop in every now and again and see what we're up to. If you'd like to be a sponsor of this program, we'd love to have you as a member of the family. Click that little button wherever you see it. Thank you in advance. So thank you again, and I'll see you on the other side.